Thank you so much for joining us at Remnant Church Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more or support this ministry, please go to remnantchurch.church. And now, the message from Pastor Caleb. Have you noticed that our world is divided? <laughs> Probably more divided than we've ever been. Uh, politics is divided uh, uh, probably in, on a level that uh, has ever been. Race is more, I believe we're more divided now than we've ever been. Uh, there's a great div- division. And I expect that. I mean, because it is the world. We are the world. Uh, or I'm not the world. But the world acts like the world. Sinners act like Sinners. Uh, so I'm not surprised when I flip on the news. And here, here's, a, here's a tip. Don't stay on the news very long. Hear me. Now, that's just free. Don't stay there long. If you, you need to find out maybe what's going on today, what the weather's doing, but then you be, need to be more concerned about what God is doing and what's going on in your house. Somebody say amen. amen. And what's going on in your neighborhood and all that. That's more important than what some numbskulls in Washington are doing. and uh, There's division in our world. That, that, that's a given. But what troubles me more is the division in the church. See, there's a lot of things that they couldn't do in Washington if we weren't divided as a church. I'm going to say that again. There's a lot of things that wouldn't happen in Washington, D.C. if it didn't happen in Waycross, Georgia. Oh, Pastor, preach now. I think I will. And this division in the church has been going on since the church started. Did you know that? In the letter that Paul wrote to the church of Corinth, he said, he said y'all are in division. Y'all, y'all, y'all are fussing and fighting and he writes a letter to correct them. It's in chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians. He writes this letter and he says, y'all are fussing. And this is what they were in division about, Jamie. They were saying, this person baptized me. Well, this person baptized me. Well, I'm, I got baptized by Paul. And Paul said, let me ask you something. Which one of these guys, including me, died for you? That was the question that he asked. Which one of these men died for you? Of course, the answer was nothing. And Paul was saying this, we've got to be united in Christ. Let me, think, let me tell you what I think. Hmm. I mean, it don't matter what I think. Let me tell you what God says. There's something dangerous when you put an adjective before the noun Christian. So there's no such thing as a white Christian or I'm a black Christian. No offense to my white friends and black friends, but drop it. I'm a conservative Christian, drop it. Uh, I'm a liberal Christian, don't understand it, but drop it. I'm this Christian or I'm that type of Christian, or, or I'm a, let's get real, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Pentecostal. 
I'm a church. I, I, are you saying I go to the church of God? I, I go to the, I go, I'm, a, I'm Episcopal. I'm, I'm Lutheran. I'm, I'm this and I'm that. And I'm telling you, that's the reason why we can't see more things. We can't see what God's doing because we're so divided. We, we, we put a, we, 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 we bottleneck what God wants to do because we say God can't do it because it's not like us. That church isn't like us. I had somebody call me and it may have been one of, maybe you're in here. I don't know. Maybe you're not. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say it. I don't know. But I'm going to say it. Some guy called me the other day and all he wanted to do is bus. I asked him if he went to church here. He said, no. He told me his name. I think he was lying. I don't think that was his name. Uh, and uh, he blocked his number so no one could see it. He called some, I didn't answer it, but somebody else answered the phone. They got them so worked up and mad. I told them today, Lauren was in there cussing. And uh, I was joking, I'm joking. I'm joking, I'm playing. Everybody was upset. They said, Pastor, you talk to him. Okay. And you couldn't talk to him. You want, he was fussing about doctrine. And, and he wouldn't let me get a word in. And he threatened me. Yeah. He said, because I told him, you don't listen. You just like to talk. You don't listen. Then he threatened me. He said, well, I'll hang up on you. I said, please. And he did. And that was it. But all he wanted to do was argue. He wanted to argue doctrine. He wanted to argue Trinity or not Trinity and all this kind of stuff. I didn't even know what he was talking some of stuff. I didn't even, I'd never even heard of. And I, I got, I'm going somewhere. There's going to be things that we are going to not agree on. There's things that you don't agree, that, that I don't agree with about your doctrine and you're not going to agree with me and we're just not going to agree. And I'm going to tell you no man gets it all right. But I've made my mind up that I'm going to focus on one thing and that's she Jesus Christ. There's some things I don't understand. There's some things I do that you may not, but I'm going to preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified. A bloody cross and an empty tomb and a risen Savior. That's what I'll preach. That's what Paul said. So Paul answered these people in, first, in his letter. So he had all this division. And Paul said, this is what we need to focus on. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish is foolishness. But to us which are saved, it is the power of God. Bring it on out here. I want them to see it. I want them to be all up in their face. Yeah. <laughs> Felt the wind blowing. <laughs> Don't worry about what this says because this is a prop. We're on a budget. This is the same prop we used last week. <laughs> but I want you to, today, Paul, I'm painting a picture. But I don't want you to focus on the artist. I want you to focus on the drawing. And I'm painting a picture of Jesus today. 
I'm painting a picture today of Jesus Christ. And like I said earlier, I don't care if you ever remember my name or if you remember the church's name, but I want you to remember the name of Jesus today. I want it to become more than just religion to you. I want it to become more than just church to you. I want it to become more than just a story that your grandmother told you about. I want it to become more than just a boxed-in Easter thing. I want you to understand the cross of Jesus Christ is the most monumental thing that ever took place in the history of all time. And without Jesus Christ and without His cross, we are lost. Paul said, I... The cross is foolishness. It makes no sense to those who are perishing, but those who have placed their faith in Jesus and embraced this cross. And what was done there, those people understand it is power. Then Paul would go on to say in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I believe it is, verse 2, he would even go on to say this. He would say, I... I I have nothing to say. Boys, y'all better, you need to follow along with me now. This is important. I have nothing to say except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Can you put it up there on the screen? 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I decide, there it is, to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So I've got to admit something. This message has already been preached. I'm copying it from a man named Paul. There's three things I want to tell you about the cross today. I, I carry a cross, not this one, but I've got one at my house. It was here at this church. It was one of the only things left in this building when we took this building was this four by four cross. It was right in the back. And I've kept it. Uh, every now and then, I'll go into town, wherever I think there is a lot of people, and I'll take the cross. And I'll just stand there. Why do you do that? For show? Mm -mm. It helps me to think about my community and to pray for them. And then if anything gets their, them to think about Jesus, I'm okay with that. That's what I want. I'm bad about watching people drive. They'll come by, and I'll be praying, and I'll catch them as they're coming, and I'll follow them all the way. You know? I don't know if that's good or bad or what, but I do. I'm like, see it, see it, see it. It's the cross. It's the cross. Because I know what was done here. Oh, not on this cross, but I know what it represents. I know the price that was paid. I know the life that was given through this death. I understand all of that. Not, not, not that I'm an expert and I'll never get down to the bottom of it, but I understand there was something going on here. There was a plot twist that happened. This looked like the worst thing that would ever happen, but it became the best thing that could ever happen to me. So I stand, I'll stand and I'll hold it. And, and the last time I'd done this was about three weeks ago on Memorial Drive. I was holding the cross and I began to think about the cross. The different things that the cross represents. The first thing I thought about this cross is the fact that the cross is an eraser. An eraser. Uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 14. 
Look at it, what it says. He, that's Jesus, erased the certificate, I love this verse, of debt. You gotta, can you rip me out a piece of your paper, Sister Gail? He erased the certificate of debt that was against us. That includes me, but it also includes you. That was against us and opposed to us, and has been, it has been taken away by nailing it to the cross. Oh, my goodness. Now, let me ask you this. A certificate of debt, what, what does that mean? What does that mean? That means there were some charges wrapped up to my account. What kind of charges? Sin charges. And there ain't enough money in the world that can clear a sin debt. There ain't, there's no religion. There is no denomination. There is no church attendance. There is no good works. There is nothing that can eliminate or erase the charges that I rack up in my life as a sinner. It's, it, now listen, it's important to understand this. You're not a sinner because you started sinning. You sin because you are a sinner. If, if you would have never, because some of you right now are very self-righteous, and you think, I don't have any sin in my life, not to speak of. You know, I remember Donald Trump said a very, and, and for all of you who just are in love with him, that's cool, I love him too. But I remember he said a startling thing. When they asked him about forgiveness, and he said, I really don't have anything that I need forgiveness of. I don't know about Mr. Trump. I love his policies. But this old boy has a lot to be forgiven of. In fact, I don't do good getting out of my house before I need to tap into the grace and mercy of God. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? I mean, I don't get very far. I mean, I didn't come up from an altar of salvation. I didn't get out of the parking lot good until I needed God's mercy and his grace. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'll never get past it. I'll never be good enough. So hear me, hear me. We all have these, this, this charge to our account. The Bible says that Jesus erased something that good works can't do. Something that church attendance can't do. Jesus said, I'll do it. And he erased a certificate of debt with its obligations. Oh, I love this. I love this. The obligations. You know what I'm obligated to do now? Love God. Love God. And because I love God, love my neighbor. And he said, if you do these two things, you got all the rest of it taken care of. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I have a problem doing those things. But the obligation has been taken out of the way. See, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, they had to do things. And if they didn't do them, God would kill them. 
They were obligated to keep the law. But God gave us something that the law couldn't do. God gave us Jesus. And Jesus took all our charges, took all our all the law, and erased obligations. And he erased our debt. How did he do that? See you. Sin charges, those accounts, money can't clear. The currency that clears sin is the precious blood of Jesus. See, I've made up in my mind, I'm going to be a preacher who preaches about the blood. The cross, the empty tomb, because that's what it's all about. I'm not here to try to make you feel good. I'm here to teach, show you there's a man who can make you righteous. And if you believe in him and you trust him, you too, all of your debt, just like me. There's nothing special about me. I just realize that I am a sinner. I come to the conclusion that I cannot do this on my own. I tried to be a better person. And I can't be a better person. I tried to do better, but I can't do better. And I strive and I strive and I miss and I miss the mark. But Jesus on the cross... He hit the mark. And because he hit the mark, all I have to do now is place my faith and trust in him. You say, man, that's good, Pastor. The past is erased. My sin is erased. That's good, but that's for you. No, friend, that's for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be. You hear what I'm saying? Shall be saved. And I am one of them. Not only is the cross an eraser, but let me keep on going. The cross is a disarmor. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. He said this, Paul did about the cross and about Jesus. He said, he disarmed Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities, and disgraced them publicly. Jesus triumphed over them in him. See, that's so powerful. Because this is telling us that Satan and all his demons have been defeated through the cross of Jesus Christ. In Revelation, I can't remember what the chapter is, maybe chapter 12. But it describes a picture of Jesus going in front of God and making accusations against the children of God. The Bible tells us that Satan is an accuser of the brethren. But then I read in, I don't remember where it's at, one of the Gospels, Jesus would say, he would prophesy, I saw Satan fall like lightning out of heaven. Hear me. There was a time when Satan would go to God and say, 
she don't, Amber, she don't, she don't love you. The only reason she loves you is cause the stuff that you give her. Remember Job? The stuff that you give her. They don't, those people, he'd go to God and say, they don't love you if they loved you. They wouldn't have done what they'd done, that sin they'd done, committed. That sin Jamie committed. If Jamie really loved you, he wouldn't have sinned against you. But I believe the day that Jesus Christ hung on the cross and that moment that he screamed out, it is finished. All accusation broke. Accusation has no more power. The Bible says Satan is an accuser of the brethren. He can't bring up your faults to God anymore. Because God doesn't see them. Why? Because See, I got failure in my... I've sinned against God after I got saved. Anybody in here? Have you sinned after you got saved? Absolutely. Did you know how much sin God holds to your account? None. None. Absolutely zero. Does that mean you shouldn't repent? Oh, not yet. You should repent. Yeah, I don't... Listen, hear me. I've done some stupid things to my wife. Every Tuesday, I forget to do the, take the trash can out. You think I'm going to tell you the real bad things? Yeah, right. But one bad thing is a repetitive thing. I forget that green trash can. Let me ask you, what was wrong with the dumpsters? What was wrong with the big old dumpsters that you just took your trash, you put it in the truck, and you just threw it out? Now you got to bring this green thing, and you got to wheel it out. And if your trash can is like mine, the lid's all the way up on it, you got bag. I'm thinking, we ain't but four people living in this house. Who's putting trash in our trash can? So... I wheel it out, the, the lid's hitting me on the, I hate doing it. I hate doing it. The other day, I don't know what kind of, it was a tarantula or something. I'm not lying. I bit my arm. Yeah. Just go over here. Bit my arm. And it, uh, I thought, my Lord, I hate doing this. So I just, sometimes I forget it. Sometimes I forget it on purpose. Sometimes I think about it on Tuesday night after I've come here from the church, and I'm thinking, I ain't taking that thing out. I weigh it out. I weigh out what my wife's going to say, and I weigh out dragging that stupid trash can mile down the road. I say, I'll just deal with the consequences. I hate, I hate doing that. I hate doing it. But you know what? She'll get, she gets very, she'll start getting aggravated with me. And, and last, just last week, a good thing about the trash people is, They've changed their time schedule, or for my house they have. They used to come really, really early. So if you miss it, I mean, I have got out there in not a whole lot of clothes and brought that thing, <laughs> but it's dark. So and there ain't nobody else up. But now it's where you can kind of, you know, I'm already up and I'm like, well, I'll drag the trash can out there. But she'll get mad at me. And you know what? She should. And you know what I do? I apologize. I say, babe, you're right. 
I, took, I should have took the trade. I only have one. Because she'll remind me, you only got like three jobs. I'm like, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. No, shut up, I know. Uh, okay, and I'll take it. I'm, I'm sorry. But you know, I tell her I'm sorry, not because I think she's going to divorce me over the trash can. Right? You know why? Because she loves me. Right? She's not going to say, I'm, I'm through with you, Caleb. You promised me that you would take out the trash can. And all that, and you won't, you just, your habitual trash can, huh? Not take her outer. Not take her outer. <laughs> this guy here, man, I got me a winner right here. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not scared she's going to divorce me, but I love her. So I want to apologize. I'm sorry. Why? Because I love her. So even though my, and I'm going a long way around, even though my sin has been forgiven and God doesn't hold any charge because I love God and I love the grace of God and I can't figure out how good he is. I just can't get my mind wrapped around it. When I do sin against him, I say, God, I am sorry. Not because I think he's going to leave me or walk out on me, but because he loves me so much. Because he loves me so much. So the cross is an eraser, but it's a disarmer. Let me just say this. Satan is going to, he can't accuse you. He can't stand before God and accuse you, but he can accuse you to you. And he can say, you were really saved. I know how he talks. Y'all know how he talks, right? See, the Bible says he's a roaring lion. He makes a lot of noise. Seeking who will make he may devour. I believe that's who will listen to him. And he'll say, if you were really saved, you wouldn't have just done what you done. And this is how I know it ain't God. Because Satan always says, give up. God always says, give in. Why don't you give up? Give up. You can't do this. You're the only one in this whole. Come on now. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. You're the only one in this whole church that's struggling. That's a lie, ain't it? That is a lie. Everybody, but that's what he said. Everybody in this church is living for the Lord. I mean, they don't have any problem. You can't do this. Here's another thing. He uses our words against us. Because there was a time in our past, we said, I ain't going to church. Why don't you want to go to church? Come church with me. Because that church ain't nothing but full of hypocrites. That's all that ever goes to that church, a hypocrite. And I ain't going to be no hypocrite. I, y'all ever said that? Huh? I ain't going to that church because it's, and so Satan uses them very words. And he'll say, you, and it's, he's not, it's not true, but he'll say, you're, you're the very thing you said you hated. You couldn't stand. You're a hypocrite. Satan trying to get you to quit. To give up. Here's the thing about it. He's right on some stuff. We have failed. We have missed the mark. But that's in our flesh. When God, I stand before God, God's not going to see my sin, my failure, and my shortcomings. 
When God sees me, I wish this cross was a lot bigger, but it ain't. But you'll have to get it. When God sees me, he doesn't see me standing before him naked like this. Oh, he can see all my failure, all my hurt, all my pain. But when I stand before God, when God looks at me, he's going to see his son, Jesus. He's going to see the cross. When he thinks about the cross, he's going to think about perfection. When he thinks about perfection, he's going to think about his son, Jesus. And he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in. Great is your reward. Because of me and my goodness? No, because of him and his perfection. So what does that mean? That means Satan's still going to do what I said he was doing. But hear me. If I pulled a gun, if I pulled a gun on you, what would you do? Don't tell me you'd pull a gun back on me. That's not, that's not the way the story works. <laughs> I pull a gun on you. You say... Oh no, pastor's gone postal. <laughs> and you'd back up, right? You'd say, what do you want? Right? I'm, oh boy, okay. I should have come to church last Sunday. What do you want? Right? You'd be scared. And you would do that if I pulled a gun, right? But what if I pulled a gun and I knew it didn't have any bullets in it, but you didn't? What would you do? You'd still say, oh no, pastors went postal. Right? And you'd be scared. Can you do what I said do? I said lay down on the floor. You'd lay down on the floor. If I said put your hands behind your back, you'd put your hands behind your back, right? Satan is pulling a gun on God's children but he don't have any bullets. He make accusations, but they don't stick. He has been totally disarmed. Oh yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna try, he's gonna talk, he's gonna point his gun, flash it around, but it has no bullets. The cross is an eraser. It's a, anybody, I don't know, but anybody wanna take, what, what? this is good. Who would not want this Jesus? Who would not want your past? The thing that keeps you up at night. The thing that bothers you, makes you want to wring your hands. The things you've done and you know, oh my, they eat you up and you just don't know how. And you want to fix it and you wish you'd never done it. And I'm telling you about a man who erased all of your past if you just believe in him. Take away the guilt, the condemnation, and the shame. It's an eraser. And then a, after you believe in him, you don't have to walk in condemnation. Because he's disarmed every power, every ruler, every authority. You've been completely saved and completely forgiven. The cross is a eraser. It's a Disarmor. The cross is a bridge. It's a bridge. See, for just a moment, I want to think about, and I hope you guys can see this on, that are watching online. I want you to think for a moment, this is you and me. This box. And, and over here is God. And you notice 
there's a great separation. And that was every one of our condition. Every one of us had been separated from God. You were born, the Bible says, into sin. A sinner by birth. Lost. No hope. The distance is too far. You can't jump to get there by good works. You see, there's a lot of people who would find themselves in hell one day who were good people. They may have even gave in the offering, man. Went to church. Constantly tried to make themselves better. But this, this jump is too far. See, because this isn't, God isn't good. God is perfect. If I try to jump from here with good and works, I always wind up short. For all have come short of the glory of God. It's impossible, hear me, to get from here to there. Church won't do it. Giving won't do it. Being a good person won't do it. Helping people won't do it. Nothing can get you from here to there except what He has done. The cross yeah, is my third point, a bridge. The cross is a bridge to get you from here Oh, you've tried it. Oh, you've tried to get it. You tried to do it. Isn't that a weight? Isn't it a bondage to want to be better and try to be better but can't get better? Come on now, say it. Want to be good, try to be good but can't get good? And before you think, well, I'm just going to church today, friend, this isn't a religious thing. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about anything you've ever heard before. I'm talking about the gospel of Jesus. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. Because I want you to get from here to there. Because, listen, because good will get you here. This is hell. This is close. Mm. But it's hell. This right here is hell. Close is good, but God ain't good. God is absolutely perfect. And there is only one way, one way to get to God. And Jesus said it of himself in John chapter 14. Jesus said of himself, he said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am and the life, and nobody gets through the Father except through 
Nobody. How do I do this? How do I, how do I, how do I get from here to there? By faith. Let me just make something really easy for you. How am I saved? How do I get from here to there? By grace through faith. By grace through faith. Not works. Not religion. Not communion. Not baptism. You can, you can get dunked every week. And all you'll be is a wet sinner if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus. This isn't a denominational thing. This is a God thing. God in His goodness said, if you believe in me, if you'll call upon me. He told Peter on the boat, he said, if you'll just step out of the boat... And come to me. That which is causing you, everybody else, to sink, I'll cause you to stand on it. Walk over it. Just come to me. Believe me. Trust me. And what do we do? We take a step. A faith. We don't know everything about God. We don't know even what tomorrow, what's going to happen tomorrow or the next moment. Or say, we just, God does something. And, and understand, it's a God thing. God starts doing something in you and tugging on you, telling you, come on, come on over here. Come on over here. You kind of think, well, I don't know if I can. And they say, come on over here. Come, you can do it. Trust me. Trust me. I'm not asking you to die on a cross. I'm not asking you to give up your life on a cross. I'm not asking you to be whipped or beaten. I'm just simply asking you to trust me that what I've done was enough. Trust me. And we step out and we walk across. Now I want you to take just a moment and look. Where's he looking? At the cross. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 tells us this. Look unto Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. How is one saved? Somebody who just looks to Jesus. Gets their eyes off their self, off their problems, off their neighbor, off their family, and focuses their eyes on Jesus. I hear God saying today, look to Jesus. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, look to Jesus. Look to me. I want you to stand all across this building this morning. I would ask you please not to leave or not to go anywhere just for a second. We're not going to hold you. We're not going to. But I'm asking you something very important today. 
Do you know Jesus? Let me tell you something. There's nothing special about me or about anybody who gets saved. They don't come with some certain talent that nobody else has, certain, some certain ability that nobody else has. They just place their trust in Jesus. Hey, let me ask you. Where'd that faith come from? The Bible says every man has been given a measure of faith. There's nothing that you're lacking. You got everything you need to walk out of here completely transformed. Oh, and that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a completely transformed life. We make too light of salvation. But it is the old becoming new. Nicodemus in John chapter 3 came to Jesus. He said, Jesus, there's something different about you. You don't teach like the others teach. You do miracles that I've never seen before. And Jesus stops Nicodemus and he says, Nick, if you're going to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. You must be born again. The Bible says it's God's will that no man should perish. You know right now if you're hearing this, it is the grace of God. Oh no, we think it's just another service, but it's not. This is a place. There's this environment in which God wants to perform the greatest miracle that has ever been seen. I've seen miracles. I have. I seen my daughter raised up off, 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 out of death. I seen it. I've told you about it time and time again. I told you, I've seen some great miracles with my own eyes. But the greatest miracle of all is when a sinner, a sinner's heart collides with God's grace. Something amazing happens. God begins to tug. He begins to deal. He begins to pull. He begins to separate. You've been wandering in the darkness, can't find your way. Can you, can you see that just for a moment? Wandering in the darkness and you don't know it. You're hitting wall after wall after wall. And then Jesus steps in and says, come here, come here, come here. He steps in, come here, come here. This is the way out. This is the way out of darkness into God's my marvelous light. This is the way. I am the way. And I'm asking you right now with every head bowed. No, I'm not doing that. 
No. Friend, there's nothing to be ashamed of. What Jesus done on the cross, He done it openly for everyone to see. So I'm asking you right now, I want to help you today. I want to help you get from here to there. It's simply by believing in Jesus. What do people think about me? Are you listening right now? What do people think about me? Shut up. They'll think you made the greatest decision that you could ever make. Man, you want to be a real man, get saved. You want to be a real mom? Get saved. You want to, you, you tried to let go of the, that stuff, that thing, in your own power, you can't do it? Give in to Jesus today. You can't do it on your own. You can't do it in your own might, own power. You can't. You gotta come to a place where you say, I'm tired. I'm tired. I remember 2018, how could I forget? I set out to walk across the state of Georgia. I remember they let me out at the St. Mary's Bridge, St. Mary's River in Function, or Florida. Toward the Florida line is what it was. I began to walk. Oh man. You talking about bad feet? Whoa. But forget all that. The last day, I was tired. Oh, tired's not even the word. I was tired after the first day, but then day after day after day. I was exhausted, worn down. I remember coming into this place where we were supposed to be done, McKaysville, Georgia. And there was a line in the city. That's why we chose it, because there was a line in the city. Uh, it's kind of a tourist attraction. If you were on this side, you were in Georgia. But if you stepped across this blue line that ran right in the, through the city, you were in Tennessee. I was so tired. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, in every area that you could be tired in. I was tired. And I will never forget crossing over that line. I felt a weight when I crossed over the line felt a weight off of me. I thought, I can go home. Hallelujah. I can see my wife. I can see my children. I can get off my feet. I can get them taken care of. I don't have to do this tomorrow. 
I felt the re- just a relief. And I couldn't say the words. I couldn't get them out. I just cried. And I cried and I whined and I snorted. But it was like a lift. A burden was lifted off of me. A burden was lifted off of me. I'd got myself, I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I'd done that. I just knew I, then I had to do it. But I felt this burden lift off of me. And oh man, you're talking about a moment. But it comes up second to the moment. I remember at the Brunel Street Church of God when I gave my life to Jesus. It was something that I, it was radical. I mean, I felt it. I, I, I sensed it. it I, I, I knew it. I walked away out of there as a teenager knowing that something amazing and miraculous had happened to me. And I didn't know it. I didn't know how to write it down. I didn't know how to articulate it. But I knew something happened inside of me that I would never get over. That I could never go back to what it used to be and how it used to be. And I didn't know where it was going to take me. And I didn't know what it was going to look like and what it was going to sound like. But I knew that something had happened in me. And I'm telling you, you don't have to know about tomorrow. You just listen. If God's pulling you, cross over the line today. Cross over the line today. I'm asking you right now, I'm standing here. I'm not going to, you want me, you want to come down? Okay, walk across. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm asking you today, Father, good preaching doesn't save anybody. Well-rehearsed sermons, illustrated messages, they don't save anybody. You must be drawn by your Spirit. So church, ma'am, sir, Student, if you feel the tugging of God, that is an amazing miracle in itself. There's 700, there's seven billion people on the face of this earth, and God right now is tugging on your heart. Don't look away. Don't try to escape. Give in to God today. What will people say about me? They'll celebrate. So I'm asking you right now, if you don't know Jesus, if you want to cross from this side to that side, if you want what I've been talking about, if you want freedom from your hurt, your guilt, and your past, you want a new life, you want peace and joy, I'm asking you right now, would you meet me here? Would you meet me here? Am I talking to anybody? Is God dealing with you right now? Do you feel the tug of the Spirit on your heart? Would you come right now? You say, well, I, what am I waiting on? You don't have, what are you, there's nothing to wait on. Well, I think, come on, man. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Bring her on, come on. That's right, right here. Anybody else? This is what I want you to do. Hey, Jesus loves you. Look at me. Jesus loves you. No matter about your past, 
failures, mistakes. Jesus loves you right now. Gail, come here. I'll pray for you. Now, I want to ask you this right here. I want to ask you to do something for me. The Bible says this. It tells us a story. Let me go like that. It says it has a story in the Bible where this paralyzed man can't get to Jesus. He hears that Jesus is in, in this city. And he can't get to Jesus, but he has four good friends. The four good friends get him bathed, get him dressed, and they take him to Jesus. They drop him down the roof of the house, because through the roof of the house, because there's so many people around Jesus. That day, Jesus saves him and heals his body. He couldn't get up. He couldn't do it himself. Some of you feel like you're paralyzed in spirit. Would God accept me? Absolutely. This is what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be a friend to somebody. I'm asking you to look to the person on your left and to the person on your right and say, if you need to come down to this altar, I'll go down with you. Right now, ask them. Right now, ask them. Right now, ask them. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. There you go. Come on. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Come on. Anybody else? Anybody else? Ma'am, sir, God's dealing with you. Come on. In the name of Jesus, this is the house of miracles. We sing, come alive. Come on, sir. Come on, come on, come on. Come alive. In the name of Jesus, this is the place of miracle. Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Life to death. You may not have tomorrow. So I'm just, I'm, you say, Pastor, are you begging? You're right. Yeah, I am. I'm begging. I'm begging. I'm pleading. I'm pleading. I'm asking you. If you don't know Jesus, let him come in today. Let him come in today. The house of miracles. And let me say one more time. Y'all stay right here. Close. Just don't cut it. James. Close, don't cut it. There's some people who came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, didn't we do this in your name? Didn't we do this in your name and heal and all this? And he said, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Close, don't cut it with God. Close, don't cut it. Don't get close. Don't get close. Don't have this experience. Get close to an experience and leave out today. Don't get close. Get in. Get in. Get in Christ. If you're getting saved today, are you getting saved? Yeah, you're getting saved today. You getting saved today. You getting saved today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the greatest miracle that you'll ever experience in your life. 
So we're going to pray. Will y'all pray too? And we can all pray together. A family prayer. Let's pray. Now listen, if you, hold on one second. When you pray this prayer and believe it, you are completely, totally forgiven of everything. 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 Pray it. Are you ready? Say, Lord. Lord. Here I am. I heard the message and I believe it. I believe you died for me and you rose again for me so that I could live forever. I give you my faith, my trust, my life. I give it to you. I receive your grace. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your goodness. I love. Say it. I love that you love me. That you died when I was a sinner. But today, I'm not a sinner. I am saved. I am saved. In Jesus' name. We hope that you were encouraged by today's message. If you were, please feel free to share on social media, subscribe, or leave us a review. We can't wait for you to join us here again.